The Beast Dependency Podcast is brought to you by Total Radness. Shop your goofy food controller, TWO merch, and CTWC approved hardware on TotalRadNES.com. Welcome to the Peace Dependency Podcast. I'm your host, Frank, also known as Sir Mesa. Today, we have someone on the show who does a lot. From being the new owner of the NTSC ELO ranking to doing research for both CTWC and the Best of Five commentary. It is Bumpy Heart. We talked a week after the conclusion of the 2021 Classic Tetris World Championship. We talked about being stationed, working on a match database and being the new owner of the NTSC ELO ranking. This is our conversation. Pumpy, welcome to the Peace Dependency Podcast and thank you so much for doing this. Hi Frank, love to be here, big fan of the podcast and thanks for having me on. First question is always the same question for everyone who's new on the podcast and that is how did you get into NES Tetris? So this one's a little different than some of the other ones you've heard. Uh, I actually attended CTWC 2017 in Portland. No way. Believe it or not. Yes, I, I was there, though, for the Port, uh, Portland Retro Gaming Expo. I was, like, hanging yeah. out of the expo with friends. Uh, and then I, I looked at the little pamphlet manual that they give to everybody who attends the expo. And it said, uh, I caught Chris Tang's bio, <laughs> believe it yeah. or not. And in the bio, he mentions the meme. He's like, I'm famous for the Boom Tetris for Jeff meme. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, hey, guys, there's this uh, Tetris tournament you want to watch. Uh, so we watched a, a game, not a full match. We just walked over and hung out for a bit. And I'm pretty sure Kataru was playing. And that's as far as my memory will go. Um, <laughs> so I don't I don't remember who the players were uh, necessarily. I don't remember the score lines. Uh, 2017 Portland, yeah, for the VRGE. And so I went home. I was like, okay, I got to at least check out this meme now. What's this meme video? Yeah. I watched the main video and then got immediately into uh, watching all the all the tournaments that had been uploaded at that time. So 2017, right? So um, yeah, pretty old school in that regards. And then I started watching the YouTube uploads uh, once Classic Tetris was adding CTM Masters. Uh, and then I started in 2019 hanging out in chat of CTM, getting on Twitch, and making that happen. This is... Probably bad. So I started in 2017. It wasn't until 2020 that I got my cartridge. <laughs> I'm a big retro game collector, and I didn't have a touch yeah. card. I was just watching watching it happen. Uh, and in the end of 2020, I got a cartridge, and then started playing in March of 2021, just this year. Yeah. When you looked up that meme after you got home from the Portland Re Retro Gaming Expo, mm -hmm. were you bummed that you didn't watch more of Classic Tetris d during during your visit? That's a good question. I didn't realize that the... So it's a two-day event at that time, Saturday and Sunday. 
Uh, I didn't realize that we were probably watching part of the quarterfinals on Sunday. Uh, So I was bummed about missing some of that action. But I think in terms of missing the scene, uh, honestly, not really. I wasn't quite hooked. I thought the meme was pretty great. Uh, It took a few months after that. I'm like, oh, man, I I wish we had stayed around, watched more. Uh, And we were planning to, uh, in 2018, go again if we stayed up there. I was living in the Pacific Northwest at the time. Yeah, uh, and if we were still there in 2018, we would have gone again, and then I would, oh wait, yeah, I'll check out the 2018, and that would have been, of course, one to be at. Um, all of them are, but uh, that that was definitely a shifting meta at that point. So it, it was the start of something bigger and better for the for the scene. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, regret? No, not necessarily, but a little bit, a little bit. Like, oh, we could we could have checked that out a little bit more. Did you did you play any Tetris game before you? got involved as being a fan of classic Tetris? Mm, no. I I had a Tetris game on uh, Windows 95 growing up. It was, I think, a freeware kind of version of it. Yeah. Um, did have a hard lock on. It wasn't quite modern rules or anything. So I played that for a bit as a kid, but really like hadn't touched the game um, until, yeah, until watching CGWC. Yeah. When did you became addicted to classic Tetris that you wanted to follow pretty much every tournament that, right. that there was online? Yeah, because I, I do watch a ton now. Um, I I think it was, so in 2018 and 2017, I was working an overnight job. I had crazy hours. I was working from three in the morning till noon the following day. Yeah. And so working with those hours, I had a lot of time to myself, either trying to wake up or uh, after work or during work, maybe even a little bit, too. Uh, So I could watch those and watch what was going on. And that really kind of got me hooked, I would say. Yeah. You joined the the CTM Discord in March of 2020. And like you said, you, you only got your cartridge at the end of 2020, started playing early 2021. Why didn't you have a cartridge earlier? Like you've been, you've been fan for since 2017, since 2018, and it took you three, four years until you got a cartridge. Yeah, I guess that's that's I'm pretty different in that regard. And for many people in the scene, I just I watch the game and I'm just still so amazed at what's going on. Yeah. Uh, and as someone who really loves playing games and creating games, uh, I just have never had that drive to dedicate myself to like a specific game, you know? And yeah. a lot of people in the community and in the scene definitely do, right? They're like, all right, this is my game, Tetris, and maybe I'll play this one or two other games, right? It's not, it's not, whereas I'm a little bit more of a generalist. So I try to play old games, new games, games of all different genres and styles. Uh, and I haven't really dedicated. So that's one thing. On the other hand, every time I went to the local game store, the Tetris cartridge was just too expensive. I don't know if it was Tetris blowing up or whatever, but I would see it for $15, $20. And I'm like, oh, yeah. this is like a $3, $5 game that sold millions of copies. Come on. Uh, so I waited until I saw it for $5. And I said, okay, now I'll buy the Tetris cartridge. <laughs> I mean, everything retro is is immediately up by $10, $15. That's right. <laughs> but do you consider yourself a, a Tetris player or not? No, no, uh, definitely not. I mean, I will play. I play for fun. Uh, and have a good time, but I have no competitive desires whatsoever. Yeah. Then what made you dive into the st- statistics of of classic Tetris? Since you're not a not a player, but you 
devote so much time into statistics, into research, into all that of a game you like to mm -hmm. watch but don't like to play. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. It's, it's definitely uh, different. So, in part of part of that overnight job, and part of some of my other jobs I've had, I've worked in data. Uh, data ingest and data um, presentation, you know, like how do you present statistical models to a general public? Uh, so those things I'm comfortable with. And uh, when I started pursuing further degrees, I said, okay, well, the, the degree and the interest I'm in studying, uh, that's completely different than statistical models and uh, web sheets and database managements and all that. So I wanted, a, so a little bit of it was hobby and a little hobby interest. On the other hand, um, the actual reason uh, I joined the CTWC 2020 like qualifier spreadsheet. There was a bunch of editors going on who were trying to update the quals as they came in, right? Yeah. Uh, in 2020, it was a little bit uh, first year CTWC was online. It was a little bit, what does this mean? And of course, the spreadsheet I was editing was unofficial at the time. Uh, yeah. But I was the... You know, it was with CTWC, but it was like, until the judges verified, this is unofficial. But uh, yeah. that entire qual week was just growing, like, organically. And so I was able to jump in. It was uh, Mr. Valor had his qual, and he gave me edit perms. So, Mr. Valor, I wouldn't be here without you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, gave me that spreadsheet editor. Uh, and at that point, I kind of begged Vandy uh, to be mod of Classic Tetris. And Vandy approved, because I had been around for so long at that point. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, after CTWC, well, actually not after CTWC, after the qual week of CTWC, uh, Rory and I were approached by Vince to say, hey, we're doing this thing online for the first time. It would be very cool if we had some statistics. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. And uh, they noticed that I was quickly updating the spreadsheet and Rory was running ELO uh, and it just seemed like a good fit that have both of us work together yeah. on the stats. And that's really what put us in touch was Vince reaching out to both of us and saying, all right, well, let's, uh, you know, make some statistics. Right before you started working for CTWC, I think mm -hmm. most people know you from the online facts during the CTM broadcast. Yes, that's also true. Right. So I was, uh, it, well, it, yeah, they started around that time. That's right. How did that start? And why did you decide to share those online facts? Well, at the time, I felt like I was this casual fan for so long, right? I thought, okay, what can I do to, like, I'm already watching this for, you know, and at that time, CTM broadcasts were eight-hour affairs, or six yeah. to eight-hour affairs, right? So I'm like, all right, I'm sitting here six to eight hours. What could I do, uh, you know, in the setup time in between matches? What could I do uh, to keep myself, uh, to provide something, I guess, for the community. It's a podcast-approved thing to say, but otherwise, just to, like, keep myself occupied, like, during that time, right? So, so I guess that started then, and I got put in touch. I joined, yeah, joining that Discord in April. Uh, I was hovering around ELO rankings and the match database and seeing some of the things that were available there. So I created a spreadsheet that could quickly, I could copy and paste the data in, and it would spit out a online fact ready to go straight to Twitch chat. Almost like an automated thing, except I had to copy and paste and put the use the drop-down menus that Rory had created. So pretty much you, you selected the two players that were playing against each other and you got head-to-heads, you got uh, uh, 
pretty much every information when they played against each other, what score was between between them and the results and all that. Yeah, the match results. Yeah, we don't have scores, but other than that, I was able to pull a lot. Uh, and I also started adding uh, databases of who had won CTM before and highest place finishers and that kind of thing. Uh, and again, like I, that started drawing from my old work habits. Like, that was something I had to do for work. And then it was like, oh, I know how to do this. Let me do this for Classic Touch or see if there's any interest. And it turned out yeah. a lot of people uh, did enjoy it. For, for people are like, where's where's the online facts? If I would like miss a match or something, or if I if I had to go to the bathroom or something and I missed a start, like online facts, any online facts for us, Pumpy? And I was like, oh yes. But all the information you gathered for the online facts was from the Elo ranking or a match database. Yeah, I was doing nothing else. <laughs> I was just stealing the work that Chris <laughs> Forrest and Rory had done um, beforehand, right? Uh, to put that to put that in, and of course. It shouldn't be understated here that this was also the time of the pandemic when I really dived in. And I had yeah. a lot of free time on my hands in general. Just just so happens when you are not driving, you know, you have more time to do things. So that was one thing that all the pieces clicked. That's the online yeah. fact we're able to start. Yeah. We mentioned you, you joined the CTWC 2020 team as a statistician alongside Rory. Did mm -hmm. other people also join that team or was it just the two of you? It was mostly, I think, entirely me and Rory for for the first year. Uh, we had Chris, the, all the judges, Chris's, who were around, who had done similar things before. Uh, like, there were some statistics done in, in the in-person CTWCs as well. But those yeah. were much more, we have a question, can we find an answer in time? Is it worth pursuing? Uh, kind of a producer's, uh, producer role. So there was judges around and judges had edit access to sheets and things that were going on. But mostly it was Rory and I doing the formulas and calculations and crunching all of that and getting it to not just the commentators, but we also had a public version. So yeah. the public could follow along if they didn't know a player. Uh, which, oh, yeah. Mm -hmm, which was likely to happen in 2020 when it's online and people haven't watched as much touches as you or I. Well, is it different to make information public to an audience like we see with most CTWCs that they only watch the World Championship and they mm -hmm. don't follow the tournaments that the community is are organizing like a Classic Tetris Monthly or the Classic Tetris League. Do you provide different information for them than you would do if you would provide information for like community members who knows what's up? No, even the even the folks who know what's up, uh, there's so much changing all the time now. I don't think there's we haven't really reached a stable point, yeah, uh, since that 2017 era or before, right? Uh, that I think that I would probably keep with most of the same material. Yeah, maybe it's interesting. Maybe there's a way I could sh shift it up. But I think in general, that just because the landscape changes. So, I mean, Elp has a max out rate, and that was I know. To happen. Yeah, I got a shout out to Elp. Uh, but if we <laughs> right, welcome but like, to the post-apocalyptic world of classic Tetris. Elp item has a max out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's it, right? I mean, two months ago, if you had told me Elp had a max in 2021, I don't know if I would have believed you, right? And yeah, now, exactly. uh, and congratulations, Elp. Uh, and you know, I was there celebrating with with him. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's qu how quickly things change. So I think even people who are tuned in, you know, watching, who are just watching, right? It's not yeah. necessarily not checking Discord 24-7, having channels unmuted and getting every notification or something. And then if they're doing yeah. that, I mean, 
I mean, I, why am I even here, right? So I'm yeah. trying to reach that middle ground of people who do watch, but maybe aren't as plugged in. Do you think the landscape will be stable uh, on the top of the mountain player-wise? Do you think it will change the coming oh, it... years with, with rolling coming up? Oh, I mean, you answered it. I mean, it's changing. I mean, there's so much that uh, about the game itself that the fundamentals are being challenged, right? Tetris efficiency. Yeah. We had a lot of uh, a lot of talk about Tetris rate over the last, you know, four or five years. And now, uh, if nothing changes with the hardware or the cartridge or anything, I mean, Tetris rate is maybe go ex going extinct, right? Uh, yeah, because you're able to play on kill screen. Uh, we have PVs now that, you know, PVs used to be a measure of efficiency before level 29, right? And every yeah. now and then, if you're lucky, you get a Tetris on 29 on top to top off that PV, right? Yeah. Uh, but now you know players pushing it with tapping to 34, 35, 36, and what is the record now? 45 or 54 or something with tapping? It's insane. But now you have you have that record. With tapping and then rolling is just like unlocking further potential on the kill screen. That I think uh, instability. If this if the scene was stable, it was twenty seventeen or earlier. So I think now that uh, there's constantly people pushing each other, uh, and we might reach a period of stability in five years or so, but I don't think it's going to happen quite soon. What What do we think that the matches will look like in in, in the near future with rolling coming up? Yeah, with rolling, I think that you'll have a little bit of a discussion about what do players want the future of the game to be, right? Do you want it to be a measure of efficiency within a certain number of lines? Do you yeah. want the game to be a measure of how fast you can perform techniques, right? Is it a original ROM only? I think there's definitely discussions to be had once we get there, right? Once the game has fully changed into a roller's almost rollers only paradise that I think that there may be questions to answer there. Uh, I don't know the exact answers and everyone's going to fall a little bit different, uh, differently, yeah. but I think that at some, I think on some level people do enjoy the efficiency. So there's, and there's certain, there's definitely things discussed to, uh, to address that. Like a line cap is the most popular idea right now where you cap the, the lines at three thirty, a hundred lines of kill screen and the game, stops playing or uh, or the next piece just in auto falls and glitches the game out and your score locks. Uh, and that way you have 330 lines score the highest score, right? Whereas right now it's currently, you know, theoretically anybody could have as many lines as they want to until level 255 sometimes, right? Sometimes it's a little more, a little less depending on the frame. So I don't know. I don't know, right? So <laughs> there's certainly uh, certainly discussions to be had once rolling is a little bit more solidified as firmly like if you're a top tier player you are rolling right uh once it gets to that point i think those when those discussions will have happen most most top tier tappers are transitioning to rolling right now i mm -hmm. see a lot of das players are transitioning to rolling right now it, it's it's becoming the matter of of playing the game on a high standard that that's for sure mm-hmm but do you think the players are in charge of the changes need that that needs to be made to a Tetris match, or do you think that the tournament organizers are in charge? We are definitely in need of some changes to the matches if if this continues the way it does. Yeah, probably. I mean, are we? I don't know. I think what you'll see happening is that you'll have different, uh, you'll have different organizers do different things, and whatever works will work, right? Yeah. Um, I would not be surprised to see. 
a, a really a level 29 start tournament takeoff in the next year or so, right? Where you, you start on level 29, which requires a modified ROM, right? So already we're yeah. like getting into that territory. But I think that, you know, that's entertaining, has the potential to be quick or be a marathon, you know, depending on how good the players are. Uh, and that could be quite interesting. Now, is that the meta touches? I don't know. I don't know how long it takes to get there. But in terms of organizers versus players, I think you definitely listen to your players if you're a good organizer. So I think if the players are asking for, we want a marathon game, then I think you'll get it. And if the players are saying, hey, we want this, we want an efficiency game, you'll get that. So if you're a good organizer. And, yeah. uh, you know, it doesn't have to be right now. We're in a glorious still pretty glorious moment where everyone's in agreement about what a Tetris match looks like. I mean, we, you've had guests on the podcast suggest things like, a, what is it, best of, best of 37 21, or 21 30, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. So, uh, and that's certainly one opinion, and if an organizer wants to host that, they're welcome to, right? So, and we just had a best of 99 since that, right? <laughs> since that uh, interview, we had a best of 99 series, right? Yeah, Ben Mullen and Lewis Cooey uh, went uh, against each other, and I think Hufflepuffus and Hydrant Dude mm -hmm. had a best of sixty-nine, I believe. I think so, and they started with level twenty-nine starts, and they're both rolling to prep. We're we're, we're rolling to prep for CTWC. Yeah, exactly. So, and uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I think that you know, where since I've joined the scene, the scene has been in a state of change. And I think that it will continue for the foreseeable future. There's no signs that it's, you know, stabling. Yeah, but we pretty much joined the scene around the same time. But it's it, mm -hmm. like you said, it's it's the lower tier where we are at are even there. It's not stable. Look at look at CTL, uh, the Classic mm -hmm. Tetris League. Dude, look at Division Eight. Look at Division Seven. Um, we spoke a couple of days before before recording this podcast. We we did a restream together, and right. I, I said to you, I'm in uh, CTL uh, tier seven, as it's called right now. But there are max out players in CTL tier seven, and if you look back, maybe a year, maybe even less, a max out player in Division Seven, as it has been called back then, was rare. I think the highest PB you would have was 700k, 800k max, but a max up player in, in Division 7 was rare, and now you see them everywhere. Yeah, I know, honestly, I'm not even sure I'd have to check. Was there even a Division 7 a year ago in CTL? I mean, I think it was. But, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they added new divisions as this thing was growing. Uh, yeah, and, like, the max up players growing lower and lower. Right now, there's a Div Division 9 player I just saw right before hopping on. Uh, to chat with you, a Division Nine player with a almost 700k PB, right? Yeah, so. that player has a higher PB than I have, and I'm <laughs> two tiers higher than that player. That's right. So again, like uh, all the shoutouts to CTL, to CTM, to everybody who's or uh, KTF, everybody organizing these events right now because there is so much change happening that it's difficult. You have to make these tough decisions. What it is that you're going to cater to? Yeah, but it's and it's I not KTF anymore. It's Tetris friendlies. Tetris friendlies. Okay, the, sorry. The Kingsman part has been uh, removed a couple of uh, months ago. Months oh ago. Oh my god! Really? Okay. Yeah, well, yeah, see. yeah, yeah. I mean, that that shows you how much I pay attention to. No. <laughs> <laughs> we got to cut that one. There we go. <laughs> they, they are friendlies. It's not for Elo. So why would you care? No, oh no, that's not true. Actually, I put all the uh, friendlies into the match history and have for uh, a whole year now. So. 
I, I, only, only the matches that has been happening on uh, Kingsman channel or on the Bird vs. channel or also the friendlies that have been... Yeah. The unsanctioned friendlies. Uh, the no, unsanctioned I mean... friendlies. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Use the Kingsman term. Yeah, it, it kind of still looks like Kingsman's on the belt. I don't know. I'm going to have to debate you on that uh, emote. But uh, I think it's still KTF. Okay, anyways. But uh, I've been adding <laughs> LATAM friendlies. Um, any friendlies that, are, that happen, I think... Uh, I reported some matches for you. I don't know why it was friendlies, but the Benelux and Mexico Cup, right? We put yeah, those yeah, in yeah. as friendlies. I don't know why you count those as friendlies instead of ELO, but whatever. Whatever, Frank. Right? You twist my arm and I'll put them in as friendlies. Uh, and yeah, I also, more importantly than that, the DAS tournaments that have happened in the last year, that's something that didn't happen before, before um, 2020. Yeah. We had two DAS tournaments uh, and those were added. And, yeah, I mean, there's certainly a place for friendlies to be recorded in the match database. I'm a big fan of those. Uh, do I watch every episode? Sorry, Kingsman. No, but I do try, I try to when I can. Yeah. We need to go back to CTWC because sure. this year for CTWC 2021, you were the least edition. Uh, uh, CTWC crew, Finns, Clementi, Adam Cornelius and Trey, uh, Trey Harrison were obviously happy with the job you did in 2020. So, did you get a promotion for for twenty twenty one? Is that how we can see it, or is it now you you delete the statistician team? Did you have any other team members on the team, or was it just you? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, it was just me. I just wanted to give myself a promotion. So there it is, right? <laughs> uh, it, yeah. So I was I was really the only person uh, in twenty twenty one. Game Scout actually was interested, and then got involved doing other things with CTWC. Uh, he did yeah. help me out with one. Uh, I needed him. Game Scout was working on a CTWC related project, and I needed some help real quick. I just didn't have the time to do the data management that week, and so he helped me out with one column of data. Otherwise, uh, everything else. And I, I get. I do. I'm not trying to put Game Scout down. Game Scout was great. Uh, yeah, thanks yeah. for doing that. But uh, yeah. So I was the only. I was the only statistician person. Yeah, that's right. How different was it from the year before? It was easier, right? I knew it was going on. Uh, I knew what to expect. You know, I was that person. Uh, this time, this year in particular, I was last year a little bit. But this year, I was heavily in the Discord channels, and um, I went. I was definitely not producing anything, but I was there in case there was a question for me. I could quickly get an answer to the commentators, and it seemed like the commentators knew I was a valuable resource. You know, yeah. to be able to answer those things. Uh, and in addition, they. They looked at the spreadsheets and looked at the stat sheets this year and used those. And but the as far as the process of collecting the data and managing it, because the structure was in place, uh, what Rory had already done, I only had to tweak a couple formulas and uh, redo it. And that took maybe a couple days to really get it tidied up and ready for the for a new fresh coat of paint for 2021. So and then then just variously whenever. Whenever people had new PBs or whatever, you had to update those so that people had the hottest information. Yeah, but was all the the information that you gathered for the commentators or for for whoever was that made on the spot, or did you do a lot beforehand? Oh, it was all beforehand, just about. I mean, yeah. I mean, uh, I would work probably the week up for each weekend and just making sure yeah. that information is correct, right? Um, and yeah, I mean, what was it, 16 players a day, 32 players a weekend. A lot of things that each of them have 
incredibly different stories and backgrounds. So updating those where, where it made sense. Yeah. And then you went through all possible matchups. Well, not all possible matchups. That's a little too far. I had a drop down menus ready so that yeah. the, the commentators could search whatever matchup ended up having. It's too many with uh, double elimination, too many possibilities. So True, true. Top eight, I made sure everything was working right and it was really optimized. And that's one thing I'm happy about. Like It, it did run very quickly. I took about took about 30 seconds or so to process compared to last year's which took but were there times that you needed to get information on the spot yeah i mean absolutely uh ctwc was super interested adam and vince super interested in any time there was ctwc records right um, yeah ctwc kind of now uh, i wouldn't call it a measuring stick but in a way it kind of is right so you have these tent markers that Everybody stopped and paid attention to CTWC this year, right? So a CTWC first meant quite a bit, right? So the... A uh, lot. Right. And, of course, we saw... I mean, if you, these aren't spoilers. If you, No one's getting spoiled by this. But the double 1.3 game, right? Uh, immediately, I was like, all right, this is a world record here. It broke this record. It broke this record as well. Obviously, CTWC record. Um, just being there to confirm some of that stuff that maybe, you know, uh, producers are around and in the community, but do they know every single record that happened yesterday and the day before, you know? Yeah. You know, right. So being there and just being that um, reliable source of information that if I said something, I think I only made like one mistake the entire couple couple weekends. So I, I'll take that. But is that also where the, the spreadsheet for the World Graphics uh, came from? That you had everything in one place? A little bit. Not really. It kind of, that one's kind of started on its own. Um, it, it was something that was mentioned quite a bit in the World Records uh, channel on Discord that maybe it would be nice to have a track record of every yeah. single world record. That you could have a world record progression for all the major categories. So uh, that was mentioned, I think, like in April or May or something. And at the time, I was working on my dissertation. I was like, there's no way. I can't. I can't. Right. That's a good idea. Someone else needs to do it, right? Yeah. Um, but then July rolled around, July and August, and I had a weekend or two on my hands. And I said, you know what? Let's get a bunch of people together. Uh, some people who like statistics, but also like history, right? Who like world record digging. Let's yeah. put this together. And uh, as of just the weekend now, there's a Discord for that too, even where we're trying to flesh out all the missing gaps. That spreadsheet you even has a couple neat features now that you can, you can, you can search by the player, see what what uh, individual player, what records they have set. Yeah. And look at their world records uh, at a specific date. But in addition, uh, it, it helps to alleviate some of the work happening in the world records channel. Uh, yeah. Eric is great. And Eric is tracking all the like sort of B type or a specific play style world record, right? He's keeping track of those. But now, you know, if a, a big world record change happens, there's, a, there's another resource for that. But how, how do you start digging it down you start you start obviously with the current world records and then i think you spit through all the discords uh channels for for the previous world records but then there is a time where you have everything before discord right i, I mean it, it's an it's so with anything with history right we're trying to find the most accurate uh depiction of what happened right yeah yeah and in 10 years from now, we might have, well, I actually maxed out in 1997, and here's my tape, right? Like, literally could happen, right? And if, whether yeah. or not, you know, then we have to evaluate that, right? So that's, 
it could literally upskew any narrative that we try to create uh, from this point. So I, part of my priority when I started that was that we get everything from this point onward recorded, right? Yeah. That was goal number one, right? We need a space for this to go that we draw a line in the sand a little bit and say from this date forward, we know is accurate. We know, yeah. uh, at least according to everything that we, we uh, with the Discord and people with it being the game that it is and the popularity it has now. Yeah. Uh, and looking backwards now, you know, uh, Kataru is involved. We have a huge amount of folks who are digging through discords, digging through forums, digging through posts. And we even have uh, depictions and notes so that you can see exactly. This was a claim score. This is a screenshot level proof score. This was talked about as maybe happening. We have that on a number of uh, uh, things where, you know, streaming wasn't what it is today. So there's maybe not the sort of standards of record when you get back. Um, yeah. Right. And Thor claiming a max out even, right? We have that in the official score world record progression, right? Yeah. So uh, I think that's important so that people can have this sort of history of what's been going on. And even though it's just a bird's eye history, just looking at the world records, obviously there's a bunch of things that happen every day that aren't world records, right? That are yeah. also very valid and important. But being able to go back and say, okay, this really was one of the best players at the time. A year ago today, for instance, uh, Joseph held, well, not today, but okay, a year, a year and a month ago, Joseph held almost every major world record category, right? Yeah. Uh, which is, again, you know, insane to think about now because there's so many different people who are involved in the world record. Uh, if you look at any of the world records now, it's a sm smorgasbord of all the top five to 10 players each holding their own record at the moment, right? And that could change again in a week or so, who knows? Can't tell anyone that there is one player who is in charge, who is the best in in classic Tetris, who has all the records and, and all that. Because if you look at it, the world champion, Dark isn't even the number one in the ELO ranking. It's his brother, Pixel Andy. The number one in the ELO ranking hasn't got the highest score ever gotten in, in classic Tetris, 1.6 million by, by half a love, Right. It's It's... The top of the pyramid is getting wider. It's more diverse, yeah. It's, yeah. it's wider. It's it's not um, it's not it's not right. It's not one person dominating. Now that being said, I would I would say that I don't think anybody wants to play dog like and things. <laughs> Nobody says okay, you know, I'll get dog. You know, one every every two games even. Right? I don't I don't know. Maybe maybe folks are that confident at the top. But I so the, there's just people who are specializing in more and more things. The rollers are going to have the world record high scores, right? And it's like you were saying, there really is. Um, not, I don't think, at least not yet, a sort of dominant player who owns all the records. It might happen in a year. Who knows? We might just be in a transition period right now, and then a year from yeah. now. Oh, it was stupid of us to think that Richie didn't have this insane, uh, Richie Ruins didn't have this insane progression. We saw it happening and just missed it, right? You know, who knows? Who knows? You are also part of the research team for the upcoming documentary, The Best of Five, The Classic Tetris Champion, a documentary directed by Chris Higgins, who was on the show last year during uh, the sixth episode of this uh, various podcast uh, mm -hmm. to talk about this, the, the upcoming documentary. We got the blessing from Chris to talk about everything we want uh, from the doc. Yes, yeah, so thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris, for that. How did you get in contact with Chris or how did Chris contact you? Well, it uh, it started with CCWC 2020. We had uh, bumped into each other a little bit, just working 
same spreadsheets. He was a judge and I was a statistician, but we, you know, we, we traded things and every now and then he would reach out to say, Hey, is this, is this a record? So-and-so in 2020. And we chatted in DMs and, uh, okay. Actually I was in a Twitch stream of his. Yeah. Chasing PBs and also promoting his docu-series, right? This was at the time the Kickstarter was still going, I think, or had just wrapped or, um, still heavy in the promotion era of things. Yeah. Still, still locked down and pandemic and everything as well. I joined a Twitch chat of his. He said, actually, uh, Pump, you're just the person I was thinking about seeing. I'm glad that you're here. I'm, oh, okay. Hey, Chris, okay. what's up? Yeah. Slide into my DMs, Chris. Let's, uh, let's talk. And he, uh, he told me that, you know, he was, he liked the work that I did with the online facts and liked the spreadsheet collection that I was doing. And he said, can we do this for all of CTWC? The entire history of CTWC. I like, oh. Yeah. He's like, well, actually, just up to 2014, because that's what my documentary is about. I'm like, okay, that sounds a lot more <laughs> manageable. Yes. All right. I'm interested. Uh, and at that time, I had in January, so a month prior to that, I think it was February or March when he and I first started talking. Yeah. Uh, in January, I'd set up this insane classic Tetris gauntlet spreadsheet that tracked the transition transition um scores the top out scores the losing average losing scores the average transition oh, wow. scores the average scores with no early top out for every single player and this would range from players with uh 600 700k pbs all the way up to dog and andy competed in it for instance and fractal right some of these top tier players uh so i had made this spreadsheet and i said well take a look at this chris like look at this gauntlet spreadsheet is this kind of what you're looking for uh, except for with CTWC, and he looked at it, said, this is perfect. I said, oh, okay, sweet. Okay, so if you wow. could do that, and, uh, you know, we track all of the scores from everything that we have, and we create as much of the history as we can. Yeah. Uh, and he admitted that, you know, not every single game footage survives. But he said, if you would be interested, we want to have these online facts ready. Okay, so I've been talking all about the process of setting that up. But... The reason, the purpose for it, not just to have it for the docuseries so we can say a line or the voiceover can say a line about, right, this is a high score for the time, right? Yeah. Uh, the, he has the commentators of James Chen and Chris Tang in the docuseries who are calling the matches that have been re-upscaled through Club to have high-quality audio. And uh, just just a few weekends ago, they recorded. And, oh, wow, uh, Nice. Right. So uh, they needed a spreadsheet, much like the CTWC spreadsheet, that had that information ready to go. So they could see the history of these players. They could yeah. see the um, the PBEs at the time that were known. They could see the qualifying scores from past CTWCs where available. They could see the average transitions and top-out scores. So that way they could get in a frame of mind. It's like, oh, okay, Jonas is consistent uh, 600, 700K at this point, right? Uh, yeah. You can just you can just count on Jonas to reach that score, right? That's important information to know when you're commentating after you just commentated a CTWC 2020 that broke records in CTWC histories, right? To be able yeah. to scale back mentally. So that was kind of the goal of having those statistics. So you wouldn't see like, oh, well, Jonas got a 400K transition and just be like, oh, well, that's like 300K below what's possible now. <laughs> 300K yeah, yeah, yeah. below that, right? So uh, it was trying to go against that narrative, to create the narrative at the time. And of course, uh, Chris Tang was there in 2014, mm -hmm. but that's not, he, uh, you know, love Chris Tang. He said, or at least from my, from my word, I've heard from Chris Higgins, uh, said that, you know, like 
it's going to be like he's seeing these matches for the first time, right? Because it's been so long, right? I can't remember what I did in 2014. I can't remember what I did a year ago. I can't remember what I did yesterday, honestly. So, uh, so Chris, so having the statistics helps get back into that frame of mind. Oh, yes, there's a rematch from 2013 just one year ago, right? And that was yeah. at a point in time where the only things that were happening online in terms of matches was the Ben Mullen tiny chat <laughs> matches. Do you know about these? I don't know about these. No, no, no. So uh, James Chen and Chris Tang uh, getting into the mindset of, of uh, having those online facts. In yeah. addition, we would have uh, the world records at the time that were known, right? So, yeah. Uh, score and cap really, really was just starting to take off. Like, the rumors were like, we got to be able to uncap the score. So uh, at the time, it's like, okay, these people had this PD, right? Uh, yeah. So what my role was, I viewed footage, both the public footage that's out there, so we could get gather as much information from that, and also some private footage, some, uh, honestly, it's B-roll footage. It's really not stuff worth releasing. It is like, here's a player's face, right? You can't see the, you can't see the Tetris field at all, and uh, the Tetris field wasn't captured. But yeah. if you watch the B-roll footage and you hear, okay, Quaid tops out with 650, and you're like, oh, okay, that's useful information, right? Yeah. So it was most of most of that work was once I had the spreadsheet set up, was going back and I was like, I got to sit down and skip around and watch these matches, or I skip around on the um on the footage that's available of the Tetris games, and then uh for the B roll, like literally, all right, I have to listen for two hours now, <laughs> just try to catch any <laughs> score update because anytime you 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 what was happening at the time, Adam Cornelius was calling some of the earlier matches and he would call out transition scores, right? That meta was already existing, right? So yeah, uh, because it's not 2010, right? It was 2014. So hearing the transition scores, you just never know when that's going to happen if you can't see the game field, right? True. So, uh, so that was that. That really was it. Um, Higgins was very happy to hear, uh, happy to see once he got the finals. There's a few matches that are spotlight matches for the docu series that he wanted to especially make sure were accurate and right. So we checked all that. Um, and I provided as much of the details as possible. And it may have even been Chris, who was another one of those people who said, hey, it'd be nice to have a history of world records, a history of uh, the the exact scores, you know, at some point. Uh, Chris did, may have planned the seed, but a lot of people have been asked. Did you use any external sources or did you use, just use only the footage that uh, Chris had? Classic Tetris has been great about uploading all the old... Um, all the old matches onto YouTube. So of course I, I used what, if it wasn't classic Tetris, one of these off brand, uh, you know, one of the people that they hired to stream, right? Yeah. I would use their footage uh, on the, as much as, as cause most of the time that had the gameplay and everything properly. Uh, 2014 was an interesting case because that was uh, the first year that CTWC said, well, right, we don't want to hire anybody. We want to do it ourselves. Yeah. And uh, OBS was just starting to happen. So there was a couple of weird video glitches that, that were going on. So there, uh, so that was a lot to sort through and figure out. But for the most part, I would say 80% uh, of the data itself came from public. Did you use the same uh, time of spreadsheet that, uh, that you used for CTWC 2020 or for CTWC 2021? The layout was very similar. Yeah, uh, in terms of the commentator sheet, but the the background was completely different. It was structured after the gauntlet sheet I made that had oh, multiple yeah. columns for 
Uh, each game had four data points that had the top outs of both players and the transition scores of both players. And honestly, I only recorded transition if there was an 18 start because that was the meta by 2014. Um, there was very few 15 start transitions. So in a way, it, it helped that both Chris and James already knew what to expect from you as, as you provide information to them. Sure. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, apparently, it went well. I haven't heard any negative things, so that's good. <laughs> uh, and I'm, of course, I'm looking forward to uh, viewing the docu series once it comes out. But how much time did you spend on the research? Uh, oh, I had a contract, um, so I, I, there was a, there was a limited amount of time I could do. Uh, it's not on my computer in front of me, but I did I did track all my hours and everything. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I know. I can't recall the exact number, but I think it was it was. About five hours of spreadsheets, five to ten hours of spreadsheets, and then uh, the majority of it was getting making sure the footage is accurate. Uh, yeah. And then the last little bit was like, okay, here's the forum post and how the world record retracted the sign. Yeah. This, this is what was known. So. But but how did you? Of how do you? I think it's 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 still a relevant question. How do you manage all the time you want to use? For, for your work, you got promoted, so you're you're a doctor now. You have a wife, so she needs time. Um, you uh -huh. do you do for the Elo ranking? Uh, now you used to do the research for uh, for Chris. Uh, you do research for for the world records uh, for mm -hmm. the world record spreadsheet. How do you manage the time? That's a great question. I well, first off, my uh, partner is in the Discord. She's there, and uh, just make sure that I don't spend too much. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, she, anytime that it, anytime I make an announcement to everybody, she's like, "Hey, that was you," and I'm like, "Oh yeah, that was me." Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I won't, I won't reveal usernames or whatever. But uh, she's hanging around. Uh, uh, my wife but too, but only on CTM, not not even on the Discord where I'm most active in. Oh well, they not in Benelux. Shame on her. Yeah. Oh no. Uh, and I think I think she's in one more Tetris Discord now, but I won't say which. But anyways, uh, so, so yeah, I mean, honestly, Frank, I have always been really good at managing my time. Uh, yeah. Uh, starting in my undergrad, after my freshman year, I like had this sort of epiphany that I could be this really organized person. And starting by my junior year, it got a little. Almost, I almost was like, do I need help? Is this, do I need help with this? But I was scheduling out every single uh, hour of my day, every half hour. I like have a routine and what I want to do during this time. And, uh, you know, of course, like social gatherings and social events would happen. So I would shift things around, right? But yeah. in general, I knew what I wanted to do uh, each week and knew how to uh, allocate time appropriately. So, uh, and even to this day, I like, uh, I'm teaching universities now and two universities and uh you know imagine that right you have to be super diligent and organized in order yeah. to really um be effective at both of those and then do everything else that we've talked about and still have to talk about so yeah i mean it, part of it is just like having a healthy work life uh and at the time school balance too and now i'm no longer in school it's just work life balance and scheduling that out and um, being as efficient as you can when you are dedicated to something, right? When you're like, all right, this time is I'm going to work on, well, for instance, this morning I did, I updated the PBs for ELO. Yeah. So that took me about 30 minutes to get it there and to make it tell the people, hey, I updated your PB. Is this accurate? Right. Uh, um, yeah. Yeah. So it took about 30 minutes. And then after that, I immediately played some video games. Right. And then uh, <laughs> after that, you know, it was, all right, oh, let's, go to the grocery store right so like i just like am that sort of rigorous and maybe um 
uh it can get stressful when thing a lot of things are happening of course but other than that like uh it's been i've been able to be really successful in some ways because of it if you get something new either it's it's private or it's in the tetris world how am i going to do this or do i need to stop other things stop other projects to make that new project work oh sure yeah i mean i stop projects um when needed yeah if uh if something's not working do you, you realize the time's not working out yeah i mean um totally i mean that's part of, that's part of it right you only have so much time so some things that i refuse to lose time to uh, part, uh time with my wife right if i lose that it's like uh, you know uh, it's not yeah. worth it and uh you know time to be able to do the music things that i do if anything encroaches on that that's when i like draw the lines like okay i'm gonna not work on it. i need to do these other things that are important to me i think we're 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 same minded because i have the same motivation, motivation. Oh, really? <laughs> nice I feel like if I didn't start the podcast, I wouldn't be around the the community anymore. Oh, really? Oh my gosh! But, you would retire from the community if there wasn't a podcast. And don't get me wrong, I love doing the podcast, and and I won't, and I won't quit. Uh, <laughs> I won't quit doing the podcast. But I'm a person that if I like something for two three months, and then I move on to something else. So I paid like 500 euros to to get my both Paul set up and my NTSC set up. Mm -hmm. And then I do it for two, three months and then I move on to something else. Right. So now I'm falling into uh, Animal Crossing and to the perfect uh, Grand Theft Auto defined uh, trilogy. <laughs> edition, yeah, whatever. no problems whatsoever. You're right. No problems whatsoever, <laughs> but I do love the game. So... It's the only sole reason that I'm that I'm playing it, but I, right. I, I and they got rid of they got rid of the other version, right? They had the you were. Used to I played them to... on the Switch, so that's that's basically because my I I used to have a game PC that's broken, so I do everything uh, right. from a from a laptop, and it can handle uh, restreams, and it can handle Tetris, and, and that's it, mm -hmm. and it can handle uh, 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 recording a podcast and editing a podcast and all that, but I. I, I play everything on a Nintendo Switch. So so that's mm -hmm. the sole reason why I play that game. But I don't watch CTM Live. I rarely watch uh, uh, CTL. I rarely watch the Tetris Friendlies. I never, sorry, Burp. I never watched the Monday Friendlies Live. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't watch CTWC. That's pretty late. Yeah, I pretty didn't late. watch CTWC Live for, for the most part because I feel like Time with my wife, time with my daughter is important, more important to me than sitting behind my laptop or watching Tetris on, on my TV. So I, I watch yeah. the thoughts back during the morning, during my lunch break and all that. So I'm, I'm up to date with the community, but it's not my main priority yeah, that makes of having sense. life. And like part of, and part of, I'm really fortunate in the work that I do, right? I teach classes. Um, but a full-time course load involves a lot of time outside of the classroom, right? So that means yeah. that how I schedule that time outside of the classroom is very flexible. So I'm able to do my own research and music, uh, and... Total Yo, this is Steve DeLuca of Total Radness. Home of the Tetris World Tetris Order. World Order. Bringing order to a chaotic world. Ready to get rolling on the right side? Dominate the D-pad with a goofy foot controller. Visit TotalRadNES.com to score a controller modded by the inventor. Me!
We've also got TWO gear, CTWC approved hardware, and a ton of additional retrospective madness. Tune in to twitch.tv slash totalradness to watch Crate and I take the BLV to 11. Also, don't miss the other homies at Aaron Jawsamoki for the Boom Tetris house parties with the Kitchen Dwellers. And at Classic Vomps for those classic Tetris snubs. Be the best and keep it TWO for, for, for life. We will return to the conversation with Pumpy Hearts in a minute. But first, if you like the Peace Dependency Podcast, help us grow. Please share the podcast with every classic Tetris fan. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Peace Dependency. You can like our Facebook page, Peace Dependency Podcast. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. We will have all the podcasts uploaded at full length. Also, you can listen to the Peace Dependency Podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Join the Tetris Friendly Discord server. Besides the fact that it's the place to discuss anything PDP, you can also participate in some lovely friendlies or put your ELO on the line in the various ELO battles. If you are on the Tetris Friendly Discord server, make sure to ask for a PDP role so you won't miss anything. If you have a suggestion we need to have on the next Beast Dependency Podcast, let us know through the socials or our Discord channel. Now, let's go back to the conversation with Pumpy, where we will be talking about him getting the ownership of the ELO ranking. All right, Pumpy, we have to congratulate you. Uh, you are the new owner, manager, whatever you want to call it, of the of the <laughs> ELO rankings and all right. aspects that, that comes with it. Uh, before mm -hmm. we talked about getting the ownerships and the future, let's go a little bit back in time. How did you get involved in the ELO spreadsheet and when was this? Right, it would be the end of 2020. Uh, Rory and I worked together, as we said before, on CTWC. 2020 and uh you know i i wouldn't be not that many people knew who i was and rory's, rory's like who's this chap you know showing up uh and uh okay well he seems to be good with spreadsheets and has these models going and the online facts things are a good thing and so he said what the hell you know we'll let pumpy in and i think it was uh december or january that he reached out to me and said okay you know what here's this elo ranking here's the match database and sort of gave me a tour of how it worked um via discord it's like here's yeah. here's how things are connected um and i think at the time he uh was doing that just so that he had help uh at the time chris forrest was still helping out with the mass database um and he still still is around and still has edit privileges and that kind of thing but he definitely was focusing in on pal at the, at, at the at the middle of 2020 onwards chris forrest was focusing mostly on pal yeah getting that spreadsheet up and on ctwc itself right and getting getting ctech up and all right so chris forrest is, uh, has juggling a lot of things it's a major uh, part of ctwc exactly right and all the especially this past year oh my gosh yeah yeah chris oh. chris was all over the place it was insane <laughs> and like you you saw the public the behind the scenes chris forrest is uh he was everywhere he was literally everywhere <laughs> yeah 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 uh, helping out both streams and everything it was it was insane so uh so anyways, Rory was reaching out to me. He's like, hey, you seem interested in this ELO thing. I was talking about it in chat, even saying some things wrong about ELO, you know, and he was educating me and stuff uh, when I first started. 
and it was great. And then we got to working together. He showed it to me. He sh asked if I could do this one major thing at the time, which was uh, there's this end of the month clean out that used to happen. We would take all the old matches and what was coming in as live data then becomes hard data, where instead of it being connected to a sheet, it exists within its own cell. Yeah. Um, and so I helped out making sure that that process went smoothly. And then he took a little break. I think it was... I didn't look back at the exact date. Maybe you know. Uh, I tried to look it up, but couldn't find it anywhere. Yeah, I don't think he announced it too much publicly either. But it was either February or March of this year. It was uh, the time when you became CTM moderator. Yeah, it was, it was oddly around the same time, yeah. And he reached out via DMs and said, Hey, will you, would you mind doing this, like, you know, like... For a while, I want to go out to the mountains and no internet. And yeah, said yeah, sure, sure, why not? Um, this the biggest lie he told me. I love you, Ori. This is this is so great, and it, it just burns in me. I love it so much. He said it, that taking over the the match database would take literally minutes a week. Uh, now he did not <laughs> specify how many minutes, so that's on me. I should have reached out. How many minutes are we talking here? Because I was like, okay, I put a couple of hours in on Sunday, and everything will be fine. Um, it wasn't, but. <laughs> Yeah, not not quite. Uh, I mean, it was it was it was at first, and then uh, I got involved and in making started tweaking formulas to ensure everything was connected. Because I don't know if you've seen the most recent uh, spreadsheet tour. Maybe you did in your prep for Rory. But, I did. Uh, yeah, there's, yeah. There's at least fifteen sheets that are connected that aren't like match reporting uh, sheets, right? <laughs> that yeah. are literally just like making this thing function and work. Uh, 15 or so sheets that are connected um, at this point. or at, And at that time, it was like 10 or so. But it's still up to 15 now. Uh, and so what I would do, I would go through, and he said, if you see any formulas that, you know, from your background, if you want to implement them, go go right for it. But don't touch the sort of ELO calculations, right? He said he wanted to have that. And I would just work with the MASH database. I said, okay, that's great. Yeah. Um. So I took over, took over, and started doing that. Just that. Um. One of the things that would happen from time to time, these import ranges when you're importing from multiple different sheets would break, and it still happens nowadays. But there's ways that you can uh, try to mitigate that. For instance, um, at, for a time there was an import range of all the matches happening at one time. Yeah. So this is why they started doing the end of the month. Uh, changing that live data to hard data because if you're importing like oh my gosh I can't even can't even think about it probably a hundred thousand cells at once right um, there's a lot that could go wrong there yeah uh, and so we tried to try to tweak it down and speed up and um, of course some of the calculations and some of the imports uh, tried to standardize those one of the things that I'm quite proud of during that time I started reaching out to each of the organizers said hey is this reporting system working for you uh, is there anything i can do to make it easier and by uh, may or so uh, rory's still on break but by may everybody was reporting using elo codes so we no longer had like uh anybody coming in with they didn't just put like harry down or something right oh Who yeah is harry is, is it harry hong harry m is it some other harry right you know like we had it standardized that okay you know who the elo people what their codes are yeah um and at that time, too, what one thing that I noticed is that, like, the sort of memes about ELO, ELO's never going to work, um, the sort of doubters started going away a little bit. Uh, I, I noticed that some of the top players were actually, like, referencing it in their streams, or I want number one ELO, um, particularly Alex T and Tommy 
we're both like very set on oh i we, we want the highest elo ranking right yeah um and yeah so it stopped becoming a meme around that time i'm not gonna say i did all that i think part of it is just by existing that long it becomes standard um other things I did, I I went in and added Twitch names for everybody, so the player, the people who don't report using the Elo names, that we had a Twitch lineup, so yeah. everybody's Twitch IDs were in our Twitch usernames. Uh, I created the scoreboard for the restreamers. I love uh, that. Which is a, it's a bottom line like a la ESPN that pulls in recent matches. I think right now it's pulled for the past three days or so. Any match that's happened can pop up on your restream. All you have to do is just used it as a browser source on OBS. You you worked alongside Rory, and when two people work alongside each other, sometimes things aren't so smoothly. Uh, what was it like working with Rory? Uh, what were the things that didn't work uh, uh, in the end when you wanted to prove ELO, or uh, what are the things that you both agree on when you, when you needed to prove the ELO? Well, Rory and I working together, he came back. Uh, I was managing those sheets by myself, and then he came back in July and implemented this really just nicely and really smooth uh, PB conversion, right? So you can now have your PB history within the bot, classic touches bot, impacts your ELO, right? Yeah. Uh, which instead of it just being at the beginning, happens at the end. And honestly, it solves a number of issues. Uh, one part of ELO, one of the the biggest flaws of ELO is that it's deflationary. So that means that uh, a new player enters the scene, they play a match or two, and then they leave, right? Yeah. What do you do about the points that that player like had, right? Mm-hmm. You know, those points are those points are gone. Uh, if you are at the top of the top of the league, right? If you even if you beat that player who came in and was a novice, right? You don't get that many points, right? So over time, ELO tends to deflate. Yeah. Uh, if the only way that you gain ELO at the top is by beating other top tier players, right? Yeah. So and so there's this decaying effect to it. So one thing that the PB converter solves, uh, the one thing the PB history solves is that we pump points into the system, right? So that's yeah. a good thing overall. Uh, and that rollout happened really smoothly. I thought. I thought that was once. So he got back, put that in. Um. It was working really well. Now, that being said, I mean, there's some tweaks to be had, of course, right? This is uh, still experimental. And we, as we were talking about earlier, rolling in PBs, like now, maybe it means a completely different thing than it meant even in July, right? Yeah. Uh, when he implemented that. Maybe PB is means something different. So there is a PB cap of uh, 1.35. It's been it's been heightened a little bit from 1.3, but 1.35 now uh, is the ELO cap. That's yeah. the after, uh, points after that when I or PBs after that were tracking, but it doesn't impact your ELO. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I thought that was, that was really well. And then, um, pretty soon after that, because rollers were, uh, take, were taking charge, right. And like people wanting to be rolling by CTWC in August. Um, a couple people, uh, prominent pe- members of the community approached Rory and said, Hey, you know, that in other community and other sports and other, games you know you can have multiple profiles if i play with one character in overwatch and then i play a different character in overwatch overwatch doesn't think i'm just as good as with both players right yeah so the analogy was drawn from that to uh to play styles and tetris right yeah if i play das i'm a different player than when i play tap and a different player when i play rolling uh and yeah 
Right. So that was that was where where things sort of started with alts, right? This whole like conversation. Should we have? Uh, I think they probably better proposed as profiles to begin with, right? Uh, a dash profile or, um, but like these the sort of that's where alt started. But I think one thing before we even get to that point, right? So that's like the first like alt discussion start. That's where things started happening, right? People, oh, this uh, Miles with a rolling profile and Huffle off again with a rolling profile and. Other people too. I'm just calling those two out. Yeah. Uh, if we go back to RPAD Elo's original creation, right? He was designing a system for chess, right? Yeah. He had a huge amount of databases of chess results to pull from, right? Yeah. Uh, Tetris is different. We hit 23,000 matches just recently. Right, twenty three matches recorded, twenty three thousand, which seems like a lot, right? And it is a lot, right? You go back to twenty ten, that's insane, right? Twenty ten, we have one match, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And now we're at twenty three thousand. That's a lot, but it's not as much as Elo was working with when he designed the system. Mm -hmm. So that means that there incessantly has to be uh, a way to fine tune, right? That means we can't just look at the match results and say that's enough. We can we can put the hat on it because yeah. then it's just who. Who has the highest win percentage, pretty much. Yeah. It's not exactly that, but it, it clowns out pretty pretty much the same. So the first major tuning that Rory did was adding that PB at the beginning, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the, the match results, if you win 3-0, is different than winning 3-2, right? You get more points if you win 3-0. Yeah. Another important tweak with Tetris, right? Because we can simulate, uh, simulate that there was three games played and you won three of those. That's more impressive than if you played five games and won three. Right? True. Yeah. Uh, and then the next one that's not so that's not that important. The other one, PB, getting started off right, and then we also had the PB history right. Those are three sort of things that Tetris Elo needs in order to speed it up to where at some point, all right, now it is perfectly flawed out. So I think of the rollouts with uh the biggest rub and the thing that was different with the people with role profiles for that you assumed a different PB on that profile. Yeah. Right. So Huffleupagus at the time uh, in August had a PB of uh, 1.1 and Miles had a PB of 800K somewhere around there. Right. With rolling, rolling PB. Right. Rolling PBs and Miles at the time was a 1.2 player and uh, Huff a 1.3 player. Right. Yeah. So they had lower roll PBs. And uh, what Rory said, they have a lower roll PV, they have, uh, they get a different profile because they're scoring less points than they would normally on the, if they were tapping, right? Yeah. And I, on the other hand, saw it just a little different. Just saw that these are players who get to 1.3 because they have the stacking capabilities. They know the game so well that this rolling, even though their PVs are lower, is a temporary setback and ELO is uh, self-adjusting, right? self-corrects yeah so um yeah and there's not really much of a middle ground there between those two uh between those two distinctions because you either have a profile or you don't right yeah uh, i pitched a couple times uh you know having both having two sets of systems but really i pitched it knowing that it, it would it would be a pain in the ass to set that up even as somebody who like manages it now I, like me thinking about doing that that's uh, it's insane it's a lot of work um, but that was proposed just so that we had a way to examine both. Um, yeah, yeah. So I think we just disagreed on that and whether one was more preferred or one 
not and like my thing at the time too and i i said if huffleup gets wins 2021 with rolling what will we think in august right and it's kind of odd because, like, looking, you know, with what happened, nearly uh, half nearly won with rolling, right? And then we would have looked like egg on our face for the the alt, or yeah, something, right? Um, because, yeah. So I think there is a case to be made, and it's something that you could definitely come back to in the future. That maybe there's more data, um, that that comes down to. But for for what it's worth, like Rory himself, I didn't pressure or anything. Rory has removed almost. All the roll alts, I think all of well, no, all of the roll alts are removed. Um, last I checked, it was a thing that Huffleupagus and Miles played worse with rolling for a little bit, and then they got better. So, but don't you think that in a way it was a little bit more fair? They were open about it that they wanted to roll profile and to see where their skill was at the moment. Because we also had uh, some players in the community who, who literally created an, an, a different account, played under different. Under a different name, for sure. And mm-hmm. uh, I think, in a way, I, I I do agree with you. Should only have one profile. Doesn't matter if you if you're playing dash tab role, and if you switch to a, a different style, that's your choice, mm-hmm. and it's it's self correcting. But I think also in a way that it's it's more fair for everyone to be public about it that you have a different playing style profile, and that in I think in the end it should merge. But that that you know at that moment where you stand, then if you create an old profile, play under a different name, and then maybe it will never impact your main profile because I think nine out of ten times alts aren't uh, getting catched. Yeah, and I I mean we do have a little uh, Rory and I had a little secret like this person's an alt. We heard from this person. Like, we think this person's an alt. Let's keep an eye on that. Check the capture. You know, uh, yeah. all the little techniques that we do to to sort of sniff them out. Um, but yeah, I think so. Frank, you know, uh, that is a one hundred percent valid opinion as well, right? So everybody had all these opinions going on. Uh, that you know you want to have things be public, and I think that the folks who wanted roll alts did the admirable thing, right? This thing did become public, and that was one thing yeah. I'm happy with, right? That everybody was able to keep up with the discussion, and I, the whole time, was, like, trying to here's what Rory believes, let me know if there's anything that's different, and here's what I think, right? And people just uh, came down on different sides of that fence, because there's really not much of a middle ground. We can't, like, kind of have a role. Yeah. Right? You can't kind of have a profile that's, like, I mean, you kind of, it's kind of one or the other. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and I, I, I think I, I mean, as far as like alts, uh, I was watching uh, CTM monthly Tetris is doing the YouTube uploads, right? And I was watching those and Vandy in July said something like, if you want to roll and get, you know, another ELO, just do it on an alt. Or maybe it was August, but uh, it's just quite funny seeing everything that happened since then. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so in the future where we have more data, there is a possibility that people can have different profiles. Yeah, why not? I mean, sure. I mean, as long as... But the, see, the other thing, too, that we haven't mentioned this entire discussion, the burden of proof is different compared... So if we go back to Overwatch, right? And I'm just saying Overwatch. People who watch in this world, they don't even know... You know Overwatch. Everyone knows Overwatch. Everyone I know Overwatch don't watch it. Okay, yeah, I don't watch Overwatch either. But there's different characters you play as on a team-based shooting, right? Yeah, and you play. You have teammates, and each character has a different role to play within the team. Yeah. Uh, if we go back to that comparison, Overwatch developers, right? 
on the back ends of their servers know 100% what each person's um, player profile, which which player, which character they're using on their player profile at any given time, right? Yeah. Uh, if you flip that to Tetris right now, where does the burden of proof fall? Is a player a hybrid player as determined by the restreamer? Is it the player itself? Is it something else entirely? We just don't have the infrastructure set up. Uh, take a player like uh, Knight. Love you, Knight. Knight switches between deaths and tapping in the middle of a in the middle of a match, right? Not even in the middle of a game. Not a true hybrid, right? Um, but in between matches, it's like, okay, I'm going to dash the next game. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And so, like, right, and that's great. You know, players should be able to be free to do that. And if you, uh, if you're being that. Uh, it's just, it's just. I don't know where the burden of proof falls at the moment. Whose responsibility it is to, uh, for, for, for what it's worth, Miles and Huff and other rollers at the time who got different profiles, very honest about where they competed, made it very easy for us. But yeah, if, uh, to open this up to make it more rigorous and make it more viable for anybody to do that, uh, it would take some finagling, and it would it would certainly be something I'm in, uh, open to. At yeah, the, but I would like. You know, if I would like to have like a hertz measurement or something, right? Oh, you hit, you hit accurate, you hit above twenty hertz. Okay, you are rolling. Right? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And we don't have that data. No one's, no one's collecting that right now. It's like, oh, okay, you burst twenty hertz, uh, fifty times that game. Okay, you're a roller. Right? Yeah. Um, Starting in November twenty twenty one, you are. Uh, I'm just going to say that the new owner of the Elo rankings and and everything that is attached to uh, the NES, uh, the NTSC uh, Tetris Elo. People listen to the previous podcast with Rory might have picked up some signs that Rory was uh, about to retire from from the uh, from the Elo rankings, mm -hmm. and uh, a high chance that uh, Rory is walking away from the uh, from the uh, NES Tetris uh, community after he uh, he maxed out. But when did Rory contacted you about transferring the ownership from Rory to you? It was probably two weeks ago, around November 10th or so, I would say. Um, so after the podcast had come out, after uh, after doing the interview with you, he said, you know what, uh, I am going to keep playing Tetris, I think, but I'm not going to do this ELO thing. And I'm not going to play Tetris competitively uh, for at least a little bit. I want to take a break. And uh said, is it okay? Would you? Are you comfortable taking over for all the spreadsheets? And I, of course, you know, said yes. Um, at the time, you know, uh, the spreadsheets hummed around so smoothly yeah. because all the tweaks that he and I have made that really we don't even touch it that much unless we want to add something to it. We're like, oh, we want to add CTWC odds. Like that has to, that's work to be done. Right. Uh, we actually have to build those. But other than that, like in terms of the matches coming in and everything, you don't have to touch it too, too often. Uh, and so I said, okay, yeah, sure. I, I will take it on. And, uh, in less than four or five hours, all the spreadsheets were transferred over to me. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was pretty sudden, but at the same time, like I listened to your podcast and, uh, we chat as well. So it wasn't too, uh, unpredictable. I don't think it was just a, when it happened, it happened. And besides the database that, that we are going to talk about in a bit, what are the other things you want to change about the ELO rankings? Well, first off, I don't want it to be, I want it to be more public. Um, there's. Certainly, the uh, the the formula that we use is public knowledge. It's posted in the FAQ, but I want there to be more than one model. Uh, I think right now we have one model of Elo rankings, right? 
Yeah. I want to, that data to be available to everybody so they can build their own models that they want to, right? Uh, one thing Chris Bidwell said a number of times during CGWC, and I love Chris Bidwell, I know he listens, so I'm giving him the shout out to there. Um, he said that, you know, ELO, you can't, I can't do it on my scratch of paper, right? Um, which I don't know. You, you can, it takes a lot of time, but you, you, uh, so, so he has a point there, but it, it is possible. You just have to do exponential equations and stuff. And you're like, oh, I don't want to do that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, but it's possible. But uh, so I want instead someone like Chris Bedwell to have access to the entire match database quickly and write some, write some scripts, write some code, and then bada bing, bada boom, you have a ranking system, right? Your own uh, ranking system. Right, and you can tweak whatever you want, right? That's certainly something that uh, would be desirable. That is not super easy in a spreadsheet right now. Yeah. Um, it's it's much more, okay, here's the formula within the cell. That formula is what it is until we decide to change it, right? So and that to that end, I don't want it to be Pumpy's decisions on what ELO is, right? I don't want it to be just mine. Now, of course, I would like to preserve the official rankings, uh, the official ELO rank, as official as official gets, right? I want to keep those going, um, and but at the same time, I've asked a couple of people, "Hey, you want to help out? You're interested in statistical modeling. Uh, let's let's find ways to improve the rankings as well." Because again, like we've talked about for uh, the beginning of this podcast, it is such a changing flux happening right now that even having a ranking system whatsoever uh, is quite impressive. That it even kind of works, right, with everything else going on. Yeah, uh, and not by kind of works. I mean, it's like it's like 95 to 98% accurate, I would say, for all the players. It's, it's very accurate. Um, but for it to even be that accurate right now is pretty, it's just a testament to what Rory has built. So I think like the, the, the first thing I want to examine once, uh, once I get a time to do so uh, is the PB, uh, is the PB change because Rory implemented it, uh, it and it works 10 times better than old ELO does. Right, ten to fifty times better than it would with just the initial PB because initial PB doesn't tell you that much about how quickly a player will increase their skill level or you know stabilize their skill level like you and me, right? <laughs> P- the the first PB doesn't tell you that just because someone starts as a fifty k player doesn't mean that they'll stay there. True, uh, the same as the other fifty k players, right? So that's one thing I want to examine is just see if there's a way that we can more tailor the formula to individual players and maybe different if somebody has uh improvement over two months probably they need a different formula than the person who has an improvement over two years right yeah um, and just see if there's something we can do there uh to 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 yeah to more accurately help that in because i think it's a good initiative and i think it's important but i want to tweak that that's like my first big ELO tweak that I want to dive into. And you talked about the database. What's the deal with the database? Right. So big, big news. Uh, we, I am working with Professor L, Dex4, Fractal, and more. We're going to get the match database in the classic Tetris bot. Uh, it's a proper database. Uh, moving away from the spreadsheet management of everything at some point in the foreseeable future, um, this could lead to a bunch of different improvements. It really just depends on how much how much how big the team gets and how much each member of the team is able to contribute uh we want profiles on the ctm.gg to have uh the each player's individual match history when you click on their name right instead yeah. of having to go to a spreadsheet and wait for the calculations to load it's a database that pulls that information right away you can see their match history their pb history 
uh, etc. Anything that you know, when last record by extension, right? And when was this process started? When when was I, the idea created? So I asked Rory uh, in July. I was moving, and he was doing the new PV converter, and it seemed like he was back um, for a significant amount of time. I said, okay, now this is a time he and I had talked about it. Uh, bunch of people have said it it was said even before the current spreadsheet started right it's like a, a proper database would be the best way in the long run yeah so it's not like my idea or whatever but it did start more fervently in uh in august it was like okay let me start learning about how to even begin to build this because as you said earlier my background is music right yeah and my other background is data and spreadsheets right <laughs> so uh building a database uh even just learning out what sql was i thought it was sql right so, uh, so, right, so learning about how these uh, databases are built and the language used to communicate with those databases. Um, the database itself is not that complicated, right? It's like a, it's, it's a single file or two, right? Yeah. Uh, the more complicated is how do you interact with that database to pull uh, quickly and efficiently the code that you want. Yeah. Uh, the line data, the results, whatever it is that you're looking for. And so I needed to learn on that end, right? So I've been I've been dedicating time to that, um, just learning with that, working with Professor L to develop a working environment for me so that I can begin the, the processes of fixing any issues whatsoever that exist within the current database, uh, being ready for, um, well, one thing that I, I had help with right near the beginning is Foil Thrice went through and found all the matches that had three or more players in them, right? Because right now, and currently the database, everything is arranged as head-to-head -head matches. Yeah. So we know, you know, uh, Tetris Friendlies, I didn't say KTF, Tetris Friendlies <laughs> uh, has three-player matches, classic Tetris Brawl, uh, the first CTWC with an eight-player match, you know. Uh, so we know that those things do exist and that those are important too, and we need to be able to have room for that in the database. But we also hadn't marked that, so Foiled helped out. Uh, with that, I went through, and uh, I think it was uh, Japan Light, right? And uh, the Ben Mullen Tiny Chat. Okay, those aren't actually in the mass database, but uh, maybe someday we'll get those in. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so, but yeah, so all these things that had multiple besides head to head, we, we worked on that in August. Uh, I had a little bit of setback with working two jobs, but now we are more fervently moving ahead. Yeah. Um, to I, And honestly, having a website uh, with that database and so connected. It's just important to growing the scene, right? Um, the spreadsheets, we're hitting limits where formulas aren't being calculated because there's too many cells. Yeah. There's too many. Yeah, right. uh, I think the theoretical limit of a spreadsheet is, is 20 million in Google Sheets, right? So we haven't hit reached 20 million cells. We're not close to that. But the amount of calculations that happen do hit a limit at some point. So even if you just put equals, if you reference another cell, so if I put A1 equals B2 or something, I don't know. Yeah, uh, that's a calculation, right? And that might be an important one. Right? It might be necessary for something else. So, uh, so we're running into issues with this with the sheets in terms of functioning. And uh, now's as good a time as any to move to that database with the classic touch spot. I mean, the database spreadsheet is so slow, right? <laughs> it's not. <fun>. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly not fun uh i went through and one of my first things um being with elo i went through and just disabled a lot of it is quicker now um but it's still not it's still not speedy it takes a few minutes to calculate what someone's match history is right um which is not great yeah 
Uh, so we need to move to something a little more sustainable. How far is this project? Uh, probably like, I want to say 25% of the way there. So it's just getting off the ground, but it's certainly something that uh, I'm committed to seeing to this end. Uh, I'd like to have by the end of December, a prototype where things are working and yeah. then maybe pivot into 2022 because inherently uh, one thing that I have the privilege because I own the spreadsheets and I have a good working relation with all the major tournament organizers um, the match reporting process may fundamentally change right yeah it won't be it won't be fill out your spreadsheet and get it into pumpy by 5 p.m. or something right <laughs> uh, there might be a website to visit and you put those in or if it's something complex like CTL working with uh, the back end of Greg's dat database and merging those together and i think one one upside is that every everything is available to the public now right. you can go to a website in the future to to a database and you can look up Sormaze, you can look up pumpy heart and see mm -hmm. what what they have done in classic that was what the pb is what they i think what they won and maybe Maybe in this, uh, in the future with styles they they won which if they wanted CTL if they wanted CTM or whatever, but it's not it's, yeah. it will be public on the interweb. Now you need to go to a Discord server. You need to uh, uh, go to that specific channel. You need to click on a link. You need to load a right. load a spreadsheet. You need to <laughs> you see you see where I'm going. If you're like me and uh, you know you visited the Elo rankings enough, you just type Elo in, and you don't even get RPAD anymore. Anything about else about Elo, you just get the classic Tetris Elo rankings. Yeah, Google pops it up for you, right? Or Firefox or whatever your browser is. Right? Yeah. So yeah, no, I think I think having uh, a hub for it that if someone types ctm.gg/slash and then it goes takes you to a website that has it, that's eh, wonderful, right? Um, the other thing too, uh, I think it's important that that you have just one site right that if people wanted to know people who had completely disconnected to the scene but wanted to see the world rankings at the time right um who don't do discord which is a lot of what the uh the more casual audience right not involved in the discord wouldn't sure. know where exactly which channel it is have a site that you can go to yeah yeah i think that's great uh you did more for ctwc you were an official judge you took part in, mm -hmm. you took part in restreaming the qualifiers on classic tetris 2 the uh, the twitch channel that's right uh, mm -hmm. I want to take a look at the restreaming bit first. Uh, how different is it to restream a qualifier than it is to restream a match? I mean, I just kind of went into it that in a match, you're trying to, to at some point, right? I'm not the most outspoken commentator when I restream matches, but when at some point there is a switch where like at this point you can tell the drama of the situation is changing, right? Yeah. So it's your job as a commentator for a match to get that switch that's going to happen in every single match, right? You're going to have a per person top out, right? Uh, they're going to top out with a lower, higher score or lower score, and that's when the drama always at that minimum happens, right? Of course, if someone's yeah. in a scary situation. When you're commentating a qualifier, right, none of that matters. None of that, right? The only thing that matters is if someone's on a hot pace to get a max out or get that high score, right? Get their to improve their current qualifier. Yeah. So instead, that means that you have a lot of dead time. And I think one of the things that I had done, I haven't done too many of, but something I'm definitely interested in doing more of, I did some of the uh, Monday night chase downs with uh, Van Dweller, where you look at where players are chasing their PBs, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's a show that goes on, and you know, players try to get a PB, and if they get a PB, we all 
uh, get excited and happy and pog and put them on a uh, put them on the side saying that this person got a PB. So it's much the same vibe with the qualifiers. I felt. Yeah. I want to be a reassuring, calm, present. Don't put any stress on the players, right? First off, right? I don't want I don't want anybody to be who's maybe listening. I don't know why you would if you were qualifying listening to me, but if you were, I definitely don't want to add to that, right? Yeah, it's already a stressful enough situation. You get two hours to try to beat, uh, to try to compete among the best in the world, right? Yeah. On the other hand, there are are dramatic situations, right? I mean, like, oh my gosh, they're close. Oh my gosh, there's a long bar hang or something, right? You know, so you do have to call those when they happen, but they happen much less frequently. So my approach was if I can get people in the booth to chat with, yeah. talk about what we've been seeing over the week. Um, coincidentally enough, I had a, uh, I had a qual, uh, this is also a part of C2WC stuff. I guess I should have talked about earlier, but I had a predictor last year in 2020. That was, I think, like 7K off of the final cutoff score. And everybody else's at the time was more, uh, more or more off than I. And so a lot of people were like, oh, Pumpy knows some statistics. I got lucky, I think, a little bit. <laughs> but uh, I made one for this year. And part of me, I didn't get it to where it was public, where I was comfortable sharing it publicly. There was a couple, uh, a couple of formulas I had to manually check. And I didn't want to put it out there. Right? Yeah. When it, I wanted everything to be automated and that people could just look at it. So I didn't get that. Didn't have time for whatever reason to get that out there. But I had that going, though. Right. <laughs> So I'm looking at it. I'm like, all right, so it's going to be two. I was the first person to say it's going to be two maxes and a high kicker. Yeah. Um, And it ended up being higher than what I originally said. And so that's fine. I mean, what, right? at the time, everyone's like, Pumpy, that's crazy. You know, I think Van Dweller was saying two max outs. Um, but I said two max outs, high kicker at 850. Right. Everybody else. Then we examined their models. Like, oh, actually, Pumpy's onto something. Oh, we have yeah. something here. Yeah, right. And it ended up being what two max outs nine sixty six or something? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Nine forty six, something like that. Um pretty insane. Uh and so I knew that information, but like players know that by the time I was I started calling quals on Friday and it was pretty apparent by that point. Two max outs is not necessarily safe to get in. Three or more um preferred, right? Yeah. And even three at the time, maybe not safe. So I knew that in the back of my mind, but like, I mean, players, I mean, they can figure that out on their own. Right? That doesn't help them any bit to know. They already know in that two hour period what, what they need to do. They need as many max outs as possible to get in, right? Yeah. Uh, to get into the gold bracket. Uh, they need, uh, they want at least a max out to try to secure gold, to secure bronze bracket, right? Um, and so like, they already know that. I don't need to say that, right? It's not my job. If they want to know, they can go look. They can ask me beforehand. Uh, Aaron, Cool Ice Age, uh, and uh, who was else? Aaron and I think maybe Yusuf had a had a predictor that was going off. And they uh, and then Aaron asked me. He had his predictor. And he's like, Pumpy, what do I need? I was like, Aaron, you need at least. I wouldn't be comfortable with three maxes, but you need at least three. He's like, Oh, Pumpy, that's so rough. Okay. Uh, and then Aaron went. And, Aaron got a high seat and everything. It's, <laughs> it's well. a Top seat. 16, it's so. it's the seat he was sitting in. That's why he... Right. <laughs> exactly, right? And, like, he built his own... Right. So, uh, again, like, players can ask me ahead of time. It's not my job while I'm calling the qualifiers to add to the stress. Now, you talk generally about it, sure. Um, you talk generally about the improvements that have happened from year to year, of course. And, like, next year, I would not be surprised at all to see the qualifiers shoot down, right? Uh, we're going to be in person. And uh, oh, depending definitely. on how big the bracket... If it's in person, of course. 
But if it's in person and it's a 64 player bracket, I imagine, you know, a lot of the 64 play top 64 players will be out there, but it won't be all of them like it would be uh, like this year. Right. When there's, when yeah. there's like, no, no, I mean, no great excuses for missing it. Right. Uh, so it, it will change right when you have a live thing and it maybe it won't shoot down all the way or maybe it'll be an online qualifier with uh, things happening. But anyway, either way, right, uh, you just relax a little bit, get somebody else in the booth so that you don't just, you know, talk about whatever you want to talk about. I actually keep staying on topic yeah. a little bit. Uh, and then just I think I I think I did about Vince told me recently. Let me check. Uh, Vince said. 24, 24 hours calls. Oh, wow. So, so um, yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> I think I did at least uh, 16 and change from my recollection, but I did write them all down at 1.2. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that's a lot. That's a long time right, to be talking. Right? Yeah, even yeah. If it, even if it's just eight hours of talking. Even if it's just two hours talking to you, Frank. I mean, that's a long time. So. I mean, uh, <laughs> talking two hours to me, it's it's always long. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, you already wrapped this up. No, I'm just kidding. But like, uh, <laughs> let's wrap this up. <laughs> <laughs> you have uh but when you're in that situation right you just i i brought uh vicious rhubarb in the booth peyton and i did co-commentary across the stream that was awesome um he was calling things on monthly tet uh, not monthly on classic tetris and i was calling things on classic tetris too oh that's cool um, that was that was really fun and peyton and i uh and rhubarb and i um close friends too so that was easy to do most of the major players were showcased on the main channel on classic tetris do you think that on Classic Tetris 2, the heart of the community was shown, therefore the vibe in chat was different than from the main channel? Oh, totally. I, I honestly, um, I, I think it wasn't that big. I think by the, if you look at the numbers by the end of it, the comparing the number of hours that month, uh, that I did it again, uh, number of hours that Classic Tetris 2 was live compared to Classic Tetris, I think that the, the ratio of good players on channels, like it, it was fine. Um, but on the on the other hand, I think yeah, I think classic Tetris two people assumed the bad players were going there, right? And even maybe you assumed it just then, right? That so therefore the people who maybe are more memes of the community or more um, there to have a good time, uh, there to score their best, you know, and chase a PB, right? You know, I think that that happened a little bit more on, on classic Tetris two. Yeah. But on the other hand, I think the that it gained a reputation quite quickly that like people who were in the scene uh who knew about rolling <laughs> right uh and who watched a lot of matches they were going over to to classic tetris too and that's you know that's okay that's totally fine um totally it was nice it was nice to see some folks uh in chat who valued you you're you're also in charge of the ctm youtube channel you uh uploads oh, yes, the, right. the vots like we mentioned before, you have a busy life. You yep. you, you work. You have, you have a wife. Well, it's wife, and then you you have your work. <laughs> that should that should be the order. And then everything you do, right. music, everything you do, Tetris. How did you decide? Oh yeah, I can I can save Tetris as Fendi calls it, <laughs> and, and post the the CTM bots on YouTube. Right. So the big thing is that they weren't being posted, right? It just wasn't happening. And I saw um, with CTM moving towards a funded prize pool, right? I yeah. saw a possibility that, hey, this YouTube thing does bring in some revenue. Um, it 
it is valuable material. People love watching it on YouTube, right? You mentioned watching the VODs on Twitch. Well, that gives that gives the streamer nothing, right? Yeah. I think they get a little bit of the ad revenue that pops up every so often, right? But it's pennies compared to um, the sort of ad revenue that you see on YouTube, or at least from my recollection of things. Um, it's terrible. So yeah. I said, <laughs> yeah, right. So I said, okay, well then let's let's move them to YouTube, and I will. I pitched it to I pitched it to Remainings um, and and to Van Dweller. I said, you know what? I'll put them on YouTube. I'm not going to be a video editor. I don't have time to fully, you know, make all the thumbnails to make the highest quality um, upscales. Like sometimes if the bitrate was bad, Remainings would replace um, would replace uh, frames and that kind of thing. I was like, I can't do frame. I'm not I could do it i just don't want to learn it right yeah i don't i could i could make a thumbnail i just i don't have the, don't have the desire to yeah uh, learn that and put the time into but i can put the vods up there right yeah and so even if even if it's just a few hundred people uh who watch a vod uh then it's better than no one watching it or they watch it on twitch and get less uh, it contributes less so is it yeah. okay and remaining to vanity but said absolutely right getting 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 the vods up there is priority one right yeah and people so, were asking uh, for it. They really were, right? People were coming. Why? Why is there no uploads? Um, once the uh, working relationship with Classic Tetris was uh, changed, the monthly Tetris split off a little bit. Um, or well, not split off. It just was off to begin with. However you want to, uh, however you want to realize that. But uh, once they, <laughs> once they went back to their own Twitch channel, right? Yeah. Uh, the working relationship where uh, Adam, I think it was, would download the VOD and then edit it and put it on the Classic Tetris channel, right? That changed, right? That relationship changed. So true. Uh, it was something that people were wanting and asking for. Like you said, they were missing from the classic Tetris channel. Uh, and to be quite honest, it's done better than I thought on YouTube. Uh, I, my goal was to drop these VODs, like space them out a little bit. Uh, I think I started with August with the plan of not even putting the older stuff on there. Just like let it yeah. just be lost to the void, and you know they exist and they're on hard drives and that kind of stuff. But it's not it wasn't priority to get those out there. Yeah. Um, to me, uh, to me, I wanted to get caught up to the present as quickly as possible. Right? Yeah. So I started with August, um, and then was going to do September, and then with everything else going on, uh, stupid touches monthly and monthly touches taking a break for a month. That by December, okay, we're like. And right in December, this is when this podcast comes out. Uh, December, everything is coming out as soon as possible. Right, December matches are coming out in December. Right. Yeah. Um, that was my goal initially, uh, and I think it's still going to happen. To be to be honest with you, um, but then they were like, "Oh, why not just put everything else up there?" Right. Oh, okay. Why not? Okay, sure. well, so uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a little more work, but other than that, um, I, again, so I mentioned not wanting to do work. Right? I wanted to do as little bit of time as as possible. Yeah. I used the YouTube editor. It has a built-in editor where you can uh, trim certain things. Uh, you can splice a little bit, but it will just jump cut between scenes, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's the sort of level of video editing I was comfortable with, where it takes about <laughs> fifteen to twenty minutes for each bod to get those cuts and to get them cut with it, even though it's like, it's going to be noticeable because it's a jump cut with music going on. Right. Um, yeah. It's going to be noticeable, but at the, at the minimum, you know, jump cut as smoothly as possible while also uh, just putting these matches out that people weren't watching. So in the lead up to the top eight CTWC, we have all the masters VODs that I'm aware of uh, out there. Right. Yeah. 
I think I think all of those are posted. And just uh, a few hours ago, I premiered the Challengers, working through the backlog of Challengers. Since the start Circuit. of on back on Monty Tetris in December of 2020. Uh, yeah, I think so. I think yeah. so. Uh, I think the December vod, December 2020 vods I have, but those were the eight hour ones. So they take a lot longer to, I yeah, have to like, actually video edit those. Right. <laughs> uh, so I haven't done that. I didn't do December 2020. So I guess I'm not that one. But so other I'm than ma- that, uh, twist my arm a little bit here, Frank, but that's okay. No, I'll get those at some point. Um, but in terms of, uh, quickly in 2021, Vandy partnered with Kibby, uh, and they're working, they work together where they would split the, Split, have double streams going on, one on monthly Tetris, one on monthly Tetris 2. And uh, once they were done, the semifinals and fi- they would do the round of 16 and round of 8 on two different channels, and then the ra- uh, semifinals and finals on a single channel. Yeah. Uh, and so that those those are long gods too, like four or five hours, but they're not the eight hour megathon, right? Um, so I could have been working with those, and then starting in August, really. Uh, August through now, it was individual restream brackets. So you have your red bracket restreamed, your blue bracket, your orange bracket, your green bracket. Uh, and those are not the right orders. But you get those restreamed in different orders based on players' availability. Yeah. And those are great for YouTube, like an hour and a half, right? Like, or And then you trim it down, it's like an hour 15. I could watch an hour 15 of three matches, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, I can find time for that as opposed to the eight-hour megathon that I haven't tried, tried to decide how to, how to do with that yet. <laughs> And a goal, too, is if if I had more time, uh, I think, or if somebody else wanted to take over it, uh, too. It's another thing that we talked about that it's okay if somebody else wants to come in, like, tomorrow and say, hey, I want to do the video uploading. And I'm going to, I'm a video editor. I do this, blah, blah, blah. Here's what I want to do. That'd be great, right? Yeah, awesome. Here you go. Yeah, yeah, there's one thing I could let go of. Um, but And if all I did was get the VOD backlog up, that's, that's per- perfectly fine by me. Yeah. Um, but if I did have a bunch of time suddenly, uh, maybe even individual matches being uploaded, you know, uh, oh, where, yeah. right. And it makes sense on a master's level. Maybe not every single event would be like that. Like spotlight but, uh, matches. Right, exactly. Spotlight matches and even every match being a spotlight match. Right. So yeah. if you knew that at 6 p.m. every night, a Tetris bot is going to be dropped a single match then that's like watching TV, right? You know, True. if you watch your favorite show like Jeopardy or whatever, you know it's going to be on in what time. Um, yeah, that's probably that's probably good for the algorithm. And it's also great for like a um, lot easier for a 40-minute uh, best of five match to go viral as opposed yeah. to, uh, yeah, then an a hour and a half, you know, True. lot True. to go viral for one match, yeah. Hey, besides the fact that you're... Uh... Oh, this podcast was uh, pretty much serious, and 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 in general with Elo and with uh, with the Vats and all that, you're pretty serious. You also have a fun side. You like to meme. You you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't want to be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah. Is, I mean, I'm I'm very aware of that. Yeah. Is it sometimes hard for people to draw a line between when you're memeing when you're not, when you're serious? Oh, totally. Um. Speaking of, Vala got me in and helped me with this spreadsheets way back, helped me get into CTWC way back when. But uh, he was the first one who always says, I can't tell if you're memeing <laughs> or if you're playing straight here, Pumpy. And uh, and then sometimes I got like verbally rebuked by people, even mods. They're like, you need to stop. And that was some of the earlier days, right? Uh, uh, figuring it out. But uh, I mean, um, I do this in my classes too, right? Uh, it's It's a persona a little bit, right? 
Uh, I clearly am knowledgeable of the material that I teach, right? Or else I wouldn't be hired or whatever, right? Yeah. But they, I don't have to come off as this uh, stuck-up professor. I don't have to come off as this person who understands deeply what's going on in these meaningful relationships, right? I, I yeah. get all that. But I, if I can laugh and joke and break it down in a common language, that's been my MO, this, uh, who I am, right? It's kind of my, it's definitely my personality. And definitely, sometimes it's a little far, people can't tell. I think even recently, um, I said, no matter what, we will have a new 2021 CTWC champion. It's true, in, and, in a and way. People, and it's 100% true. We've never had a 2021 CTWC exactly. champion, right? So, uh, so some people took that very seriously, and like, Pumpy, you're the statistician, how did you mess this up, right? And even just like, uh, uh, like three days ago, someone pinged me and said, you messed up, and I was like, "Oh, uh, no, <laughs> that was a, yeah. that was a joke." So yeah, I mean, you do have to you do have to watch sometimes, but at the other times too, right? You know what to joke about, right? Like if if someone thinks that I'm an idiot, that I, great, right? Who cares, right? Yeah. Uh, if someone thinks I'm a mastermind, well, great, who cares, right? It's the same same thing, right? I don't care what uh, what folks think about me, so I play around with that. There are two different things I want to ask about. One is the story about. The various serious classic Tetris accusation rules stream. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, sure. Well, first off, uh, classic Tetris accusations is an important Discord server. Remainings is the server owner. So mm -hmm. Remainings is the server owner. He was uh, sort of appalled by there was a confessions channel. People confessed to things that they did. Yeah. Um, but there was not an accusations channel. So if, uh, if you believe, like me, that everything in life, there there's opposites, right? Yeah. If you're going to have a confessions channel, you need an accusation, a place that people can accuse people. So, yeah. Uh, classic Tetris accusation, CTA. Uh, I am now part of the investigator, lead investigator of uh, classic Tetris accusations, where we can make the right accusations every single time. Um, like Alpitum cheated his max out. That's right. It's a very important one. Um. Like, Kataru and I got into a huge fight, and Kataru left the server, even, of CTA. So, uh, yeah. Okay. I, I'm going to, just because people, right, I am memeing. Okay, very, go back to this. But a very serious, right? Very yeah, serious yeah, very Discord. Serious. Yeah, okay, there we go. Um, one thing that happened in there, there was a rules channel, and all of it is just jokes and, like, you know, uh, that kind of thing. There's a rules channel with full of jokes, and then someone made rules two. <laughs> like you know, rules one wasn't good enough. There was rules two, and I I said I said I I don't need the rules. I you know I'm above the rules. I don't need those. They don't affect me. I'm gonna do whatever I want. You're the lead investigator of CTA, so I'm the lead investigator. It does not affect me. So I muted the channel, and uh, at the channel too. This is a meme Discord, so everybody can ping everybody. Right, one of those things that's yeah that happens in those. That everybody can get notifications on their phone or on their uh, on their desktop or whatever that that you've been called out. Uh, yeah. That's something that that was happening uh, in Rules Two, and I screen capped it. I took a picture on my phone or on my computer, but mostly on my phone because it, I like the layout better. And I would post it, say, "See, I'm not I'm not reading the rules." Here's a proof that I'm not reading the rules of Rules Two. It got a little out of hand when I was at a wedding. And I posted a posted a picture of it. And I said, "Okay, now maybe maybe now is a little bit too far. <laughs> maybe I've committed too far." Uh, but it, I think it hit the it hit sixty nine notifications, so I had to do it, right? Yeah, we ended up with one hundred thirty rules or something like one thirty. Yeah, so one hundred and thirty rules that I didn't read. 
And I said something. Uh, I finally, I, I think the wedding was the wake up call. I'm like, all right, I, I mean, this is all fun and games and it's fun. But at the wedding, I was like, okay, I need to like wrap this down at some point. And I n- listed a time and date that I would read the rules for the first yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, and then certain of the rules applied only to me. Uh, whatever the rules were, I would follow them or something like that. I don't remember exactly how I phrased it. So I streamed, uh, it was about an hour and a half of me reading every single rule that was posted. Uh, done there and i think i did almost everything there was like one or two rules i did not follow them i'm not doing that that's that's a little bit too meme but uh one of them was like seeing the um the 12 days of tetris right did that i pulled my piano out and sung it and needed the lyrics and everything i needed to do some push-ups i did some push-ups on stream uh and i read all the rules yeah and i educated myself and uh that was a good time that was that was honestly frank like memes aside and everything that was the first time i'm like okay i'm a member of the community now yeah Everybody, everybody, I'm I'm good enough to meme on. This is good enough for me. It was a fun stream. People were editing the rules while you were reading them. That's true, right? <laughs> they were. They were adding more rules at the bottom. <laughs> uh, and I couldn't see it because I was just scrolling along. But I I could see the pings popping up. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. This this stream is going to last forever. So. And, and um, something different is I heard rumors that you are behind the YouTube channel of the NES Tetris World Records. Um, we did talk about video editing uh, in this podcast, uh, but no further comment at this time. Yeah. Sure. It's it's the last episode of 2021. Mm-hmm. What is one crazy prediction for 2022 in Classic Tetris that you are willing to make right now on the spot? So the obvious thing would be crazy and just go for rollers. Like, oh my gosh, the rollers are going to take over, right? Oh my gosh, it'd be crazy. Um, but I think what what would actually happen but also seem crazy right now is that i think it may be possible that ctwc does not use the original roms for next year i think that's a more likely a crazy thing to think about right now and say out loud just uh one week after the top eight yeah but i think it's i think the sport has changed that there might be a different um they already use their own cartridges right but like the 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 uh line cap might be implemented by ctwc 2022 yeah that's my that's a crazy prediction i think um i don't think maybe that well it seems crazy to me because i'm very involved maybe that doesn't seem so crazy to people outside um but i think that a lot of things would have to happen for that to happen and yeah. that's the crazy part right rollers have to confirm that okay we can actually consistently um, score a bunch of lines so i'm assuming that when saying that it would be crazy right that's sort of like that there's a competition ROM that limits the number of lines that a player has within the game. Yeah. By CTWC 2022 and CTWC 2022. Will CTWC be the first one to implement that line cap? Uh no. 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 I don't think so. I think what's uh I think we're very close to uh I'm very I honestly it it my predictions have were a little off. We do not have a nineteen max out. Uh, not 19, a 29 max out yet um, yeah. with rolling. I predicted it by the 18th, and it's three days after the recording. But maybe by the time you hear this, there is a 29 max out, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that, uh, and of course, PAL has been completely shook, shook right? Uh, Fractal with a 2.1 million. Uh, honestly, seeing it by C-Tech might be the safer choice uh, <laughs> than, than CTWC, right? Because uh, because uh, the Infractal just won C- uh, Classic Touches PAL today, too. So, uh, Tier 1. So, I think that, like, 
yeah, I think rolling has shown that the kill screen is not a kill screen. Um, and that's going to challenge a lot of uh, conceptions that we have. And so that's that's a little bit crazy. I guess the crazier thing um, that I could also see happening is that we are going to get a game glitch out for the first time, that someone's going to roll for an hour. And oh, my God. It. And we're going to see it. Uh, I don't because like people have the drive to do it, right? They're yeah. playing for an hour now. They're chasing PBs, right? And someone says, you know what? I just want a single for an hour. And they do that for two days or something, right? Uh, I could see it, right? It's not. It's RNG dependent, but it's not. I, I mean, if you're trying to min out, right? It's it's a little different. So, um, we could. I could. Yeah, that. That's to me. Like, see, even saying that doesn't seem that crazy, right? And you went, oh my god. And to, to me, it's like mm, I could. I, I see, right? You know, uh, the amount of time and dedication I have yet. To, uh, I don't underestimate what people are doing with this True. game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, as part of the ELO owners, it's a little terrifying, right? All these things changing so quickly. And you just have to do your best. You have to make adjustments when necessary. Uh, and I, I think that, like, yeah, I, I, I will I'll say, yeah, CTWC with a competition ROM that limits the line count. Because they already have a competition ROM where you can... Uh, where you can have the same piece sets, right? But yeah, little, yeah, yeah. Step further. That's a little bit more of like drawing a line in the sand that scene has broken the game, right? I, yeah. Having the same RNG does not mean the game is broken necessarily. It just means that things are fair. True. The other one says, all right, rollers have changed the game to this point that we don't want it to change to. We'll see. We'll see what 2022 we'll see. will bring. Poppy, thank you so much for joining me on the Peace Dependency Podcast. This was honestly a true, true blessing to have you on. So glad to be here, Frank. Keep doing what you're doing. You're integral to the community. And with that all being said, this will be the end of the Peace Dependency Podcast. Thank you all for listening and make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Don't forget to join the Tetris Friendly's Discord server and follow me on the socials at SirMazer. Have a great Tetris month and I will see you all in January of 2022. Bye! The Peace Dependency Podcast was brought to you by Total Rad Ness. Shop your goofy food controller, TWO merch, and CTWC approved hardware on totalradnes.com.